is up, everyone? It is Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. So you guys know what that means. Another edition of the Buffalo Blitz with my amazing camera right now on the Built in Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter network. Make sure you guys like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Comment section is open all night. If you're on Facebook, make sure you follow us on Facebook. Make sure you share this to anybody that you want to share it to. Obviously, the comment section is also on that. And if you're on Twitter, make sure you like it and make sure you retweet it. Lance. How we doing, my man? I did miss you last week, but how we doing, my man? Doing well, doing well. And Bills Mafia, how we doing out there? Because we came out and won a football game, which feels fantastic. So before we get too far into it, we are sponsored by Underdog Fantasy, the best daily fantasy app in all of the land. Go out there and use promo code BLITZ to sign up. You'll get your first deposit matched up to $100. They got some new scorchers and different things they're doing with the Pick'em promos. So go out there and check out Underdog Fantasy for all of the daily fantasy uh, that you play. It's got every league, um, and every day is something new. So go out there and check it out. Yeah, Underdog Fantasy is awesome. If you're not, it's not even. I know we're football. We're talking about the Bills. It's not even just for football. If you're a college basketball guy, if you're a college football guy, if you're an NBA guy, if you're a hockey guy, if you're a soccer guy, if you're want to have fun, Underdog Fantasy. Make sure you guys use promo code Blitz. Comment section is open. All evening long, not all evening, until about 9 o'clock. Um, if you want to comment at 10.30, I don't know. Be my guest. We'll, we'll look at it. But, yeah, we have a lot to talk to, right? Obviously, I missed last week's episode. Dave, founder of Bill and Buffalo, uh, filled in very, obviously, adequately. Quite admirably. For me. Uh, and, obviously, an episode that was interesting because you guys talked about, obviously, the Bills lost to the Broncos, which was a nightmare. But also the departure departure yeah. the firing the Ken Dorsey coaching Both yeah. the Ken Dorsey obviously and this week the Bills got back on track in a quote-unquote must win Denver Broncos game was a, almost a must win the Jets game was a must win so guys give us got your to see the game with uh Robbie here so what's up Robbie? Well, how was that Appreciate you, brother you me, yeah, it was good. Robbie came out we got him out to the uh the game day hospitality tailgate which if you guys don't know we are partnered with game day hospitality here at built in Buffalo. So check out game day hospitality for the tailgate uh, for every home game. There's only a few left now, but we're there. Um, there's a lot of cool people there uh, like Joe Croom, Buffalo food slut bleached by Abigail. Um, Bill's Elvis daughter uh, was there uh, hanging out. So a lot of people, Andre Reed came through. Um, That's a cool one. And different things. Yeah. Uh, so just cool. Check out game day hospitality. If uh, you're at the game, you don't have to bring anything. Just go show up. They got drinks. They got food. Everything you need. Yeah, nothing better than that. So obviously the Bills got back on track uh, for the time being. Moved to six and five, right out of the playoff spot in the wild card race. They took down the Jets thirty-two to six. So we're going to talk about that. We have a lot to talk about. So Lance, I'm going to start with you. Obviously, you were at the game. Obviously, I was watching on TV. Two totally different perspectives. Obviously, sure. watching on TV and one. And watching the game, but what what was your first, I guess, overall takeaway from uh, overall very dominant Bills win? The energy was so incredible at the stadium. I feel like it was just it felt more like recent football games where the Bills are have been you know kind of in tune. The last couple weeks prior to that, the last couple games just didn't really feel the same. The Denver game was completely just almost lifeless um, it with good reason. The Bills didn't play well. 
and you know the energy uh, kind of matched the team's performance there. Not to yeah. say none of the fans were excited and loud. That that wasn't the case, but um, you know just just the overall feel. And uh, this week it was completely different. Everything was, from the get go, uh, when Reggie Gilliam forces that fumble on the kickoff, yeah. the stadium was completely rocking. Everyone was um, you know really upbeat and. And obviously, you know, the Bills put points on the board the first three possessions, which, okay, they were only field goals, but that's important. You got to score. Um, and I think it was important, even though they were field goals, to put points on the board yeah. and kind of start, um, you know, letting your defense play with a lead, albeit a small one. It's still better than getting down immediately and having to play from behind. So I think the really big um, thing that I took away is the Bills kind of got out in front early, not by much, but just kept building that lead. And then they score uh, one touchdown in the first half, but come out with two straight touchdowns to begin the second half and really kind of took that lead and stretched it out. And that's when, you know, really you kind of, you kind of sense like, okay, now our defense can pin right. back and really get after the jets. And that's what they did. So that was, it was a really good feeling to be in the stadium. And and how did you feel yeah. watching the broadcast? Yeah. I have, a fun, I, have, I have a funny story, but John Robert, you are right in the comment section. Wonderful. He did have two and a half sacks. He was an absolute game breaker. Been quiet for a couple weeks. And he, I, feel, I feel like he kind of got back on track. But yeah, guys, if you're in Facebook, YouTube, comment section, drop your thoughts on the game. I'll, we'll obviously end the show last 10 minutes to talk about getting you guys ready for the Eagles matchup on Sunday, which is obviously a huge matchup. But funny start. So I was streaming the game at my friend's house, right? And we were about to like play, you know, when you stream a game uh, without cable, you're about to play behind or so. Yeah. Right. So I had another, another friend who's a Bills fan and he was watching, I guess, on cable. And we texted her in the game. And he texted, oh, my, right before the kickoff. So we, he didn't realize I was behind the play. And mm-hmm. I see the text, and I'm like, and we're kicking off. I'm like, crap. Like, we're, do we just give up a kick return to start the game? Like, are we doing this again? And then I was like, nope, this can't be good. This can't be good. The guy's returning it. And then obviously Reggie K- Gilliam came in with, like, like a freight truck um, and just crushed a guy. So that made me a little more excited because I was about really sad for about two seconds without even seeing anything. But no, look, obviously that was a huge momentum swing. First play of the game, huge momentum swing. You'll love it. Obviously, the nine points, look, if it's three touchdowns, we win 50 to six, right? Like it's that type of the math's not there, but that type of score. You want to score touchdowns, obviously, but I like the offense moving. A little like we haven't seen that. We haven't seen points early in games against Denver. We saw it early in Cincinnati, then it completely vanished, right? Like we need we have seen it in a lot of our losses here in our five losses that like just offense took forever to get going without anything, not even a field goal we were getting. And obviously, every game is different, right? Well, we got the Eagles, we got the Chiefs. You want to score touchdowns, right? Because touchdowns yep. win those type of games. It's different, but and maybe one or more times they're a little more aggressive, but when you play in the Jets and you trust your defense and how bad the Jets offense is with Zach Wilson, nine points felt like 21 points for the Jets. Like it just felt like an eternity. And then you got your offense going, you got to uh 16, nothing. And you kind of felt like, and obviously the Jets scored at the end with that fake punt, obviously the Taylor rap injury, all that kind of stuff, kind of that final drive kind of spiraled for the Bills, but they rebounded nice in the second half. Look, it felt good. I thought Josh Allen, look, I know he has that one interception, but people talk about that. It does, they don't. They didn't watch the game. Uh, I thought Josh Allen looked very in control. He wasn't perfect. I don't think he right. was great with his accuracy. I think he missed a couple passes. And credit to the Jets' defense. I know they weren't great, 
but they are still they're one of the best defenses in football. Defense is oh, really yeah. good up front in the secondary. But I thought Josh Allen for the first time in a long time took what the defense gave him. A couple out routes to Diggs, to Cook, to Kincaid, to Shakir. Like I thought he was very in control of the game. And obviously his stat line showed that 275 yards, three touchdown passes. He ran them all for 15 yards. I thought they used Cook out of the backfield well. I didn't think Ty Johnson was going to be ever a factor for this team, and he was. That was exciting to see. I just liked how in control the Bills were on offense, and I think they really needed it. Yeah, for sure. Um, the offense was good overall. I think that obviously um, looking at, you know, as you and I do, we like to look at some of the PFF grades. Some of the things that jump out, though, is these guards are lost in some of the blocking schemes they're running, and it's really concerning, which we'll get to. But just to point out, Osiris Torrance had a 12.1 pass block grade, and then Connor right. McGovern had a 44.5 yeah, uh, run you know, block grade. Quit so these guys, you got yeah, these guys uh, really got a, a tough uh, road ahead of them because we got but, no easier task in playing the Eagles and then the Chiefs. So, um, but I you know, thought, these guys definitely got to get it together. I thought overall, I know Josh took one sack for 12 yards. I thought overall his pocket was mostly clean. I don't think it was like a perfect pocket. 100% of the time, but I thought it was a solid, clean pocket. And it gets a Jets pass rush that I think is really good. And obviously, you have Quinton Williams, who's one of the best interior uh, defenders in football. Uh, I thought they were very good at keeping him afloat. But no, yeah, I think Torrance is you clearly, they clearly believe yeah. in him. I think he's going to be very good, but he's clearly going through the ups and downs yeah. of a rookie season. Seemingly hitting a rookie wall a little bit here um, as of late. But again, uh, don't want to spend a lot of time on negativity, but it's just a matter of, you know, Hey, look, this was a great win. Uh, it was sort of a, an inferior opponent, although they beat us already. So you could say like, well, since they already beat us, maybe um, we can't consider them an inferior opponent, but I just think that overall, you know, the teams aren't even, they, you know, the Bills shouldn't have lost the first game and they did, but uh, without Aaron Rodgers in the mix here, um, it's, it's just a very tough sledding for that Jets team. The defense is yeah. on the, you know, on the field a lot for the Jets and, um, you obviously got taken advantage of pretty bad. Obviously, if you guys saw my camera, just go blank. I'm dealing with a cold and a sickness. So I don't want you guys to have to see me blow my nose. So I'm doing it out of, uh, respect. If you, obviously you can tell that I'm a little stuffed up and a little sick, but out of respect for people watching. I don't think they want to see me doing that. So that's why I put my camera away. So if you see me go with it at the show when Lance is talking it, that's the reason I want to make sure I can blow my nose that you guys have to watch because unless you guys want to watch, not joking. Uh, uh, yeah, look, I thought, look, James Cook, we're talking about recapping the Bills way. We'll get to the defense. Obviously, the defense was great. Obviously, it's, it's an asterisk against them because the Jets offense is not the Eagles, the Chiefs offense we're going to see, but it was nice to see the defense. Hey, like, Chiefs offense has, hasn't been that great lately, so I don't know. We're going to we're gonna have to see. I mean, after you've seen the well, game yeah. yesterday, uh, the line moved even, um, and we'll get to this a little bit more as we preview the Eagles, but the line did move a half point in the Bills' favor uh, going into Sunday's game now with the Eagles, so that's a yeah, little bit it's, uh, it's, interesting. Look, look, the Eagles-Chiefs games, and obviously Chiefs is after the bye, those are winnable games. I'm not saying the Bills should be favored or should win the game because they haven't proven that they should this year. Like if this is a team that doesn't deserve to be favored. It doesn't mean this team is not can't win these games. So we'll see what happens. But look, offensively, I thought James Cook 
There is no reason this guy should not just be continually getting the ball. Dude yeah, is absolute difference. I it's a uh, 49ers Kyle Shanahan type of play. They ran it with CMC against the Buccaneers. He's wide open. Obviously, doesn't have to do anything more than catch the ball, but that right the, there is encouraging because it just yeah. hasn't been happening. And it's that when you talk about run. the differences in the in the game, and you know, I know we're gonna go through this uh moving forward, but uh just the differences that you know this team has um in in this game from previous games is that is that usage of James Cook really relying on him. Um and I think they tried to do it before too, honestly. I don't think that's a big knock on Dorsey. I think, you know, Cook was a little bit shaky at times in in previous opportunities, sure. and and this game he wasn't. He took care of the ball and, um, you know, made the most of them. And and he's made a lot of good, uh, you know, made use of a lot of opportunities, and he's just made a few uh, mistakes along the way. And um, for whatever reason, they didn't always trust going to him, but they did in this game a little bit more, and that was good to see. The Bills were able to, able to run the ball with Cook. 17 carries, 73 yards. He also had three catches for 29 yards. I like that. Ty Johnson, three catches for 47 yards and a touchdown. That Ty Johnson play was awesome. Yeah, kind of get him out of the backfield, dump it off to him. Allen used the safety net, right, Lance? He used a safety net in that play, and that safety net resulted in a 28-yard touchdown. It's something that we just haven't seen consistently from Allen him using the check down, him using the safety net type of play. And it worked to perfection. Their running backs were great. They were able to run the ball consistently against a very good defense. It wasn't like, look, he averaged, Cook averaged 4.3 yards per carry. It wasn't like he averaged six. But I thought he was efficient with the ball. I thought he was good. Moved the chains. Is this the Ty Johnson play? Yep. Let's watch Oh, this. man, it's so much fun to watch, too. Um, Allen, that's the biggest difference. One of the bigger differences I saw, too. Look at Allen. I didn't think you could see it here. It's him sprinting over to Ty Johnson after this play, and he just was so excited. Um, look at Shakir. Shakir takes a defender out of it. Look. Yeah. And then Shakir takes pretty, a defender out of it, and you got Ty Johnson in the flat. That's yeah. simple stuff, Lance. That's not complicated pre-snap motion. Like there, you saw Allen coming in at the yeah. end. Yeah, that's so You know what I mean, Lance? I like that's that. not like you know what I mean? Like, that's not like crazy designs. That's a Shakir moving, taking a defender out of the picture, putting him on the left side, and then you have Ty Johnson going out of the backfield to the right. The play designs a nice dump off. It's a quick play. Most of the time it goes for five to seven yards. It's, it's easy. This time he took it for 28 yards. He kind of credited Ty Johnson for type roping that sideline. I don't know how he did that, but he typed Yeah, I don't know if right. everyone thought he was going to be able to do that either because Allen was kind of waiting and looking and be like, oh, is he going to make it? He's going to make it. And he did. Like, so, so. You, so you, you watch it obviously live, but we – Went back when they showed the replay on TV, right? I kept watching. I was like, okay, so where does he step out? And he just, every step, I'm like, nope, he's good. Nope, he's good. He's good. He's good. And that was a fourth down play, too. They went for it on fourth down and called oh that God, play. I forgot it was a fourth down play. Yeah. What was the so that was that really play? cool. Was it 16-6 at that point, right? Yeah. yeah. That's a huge play. And it's like fourth and two, fourth and one, right? And so yeah. they snap the ball. And I see that he's going to throw the ball and I immediately panic. And I'm like, what is going on? It's like fourth and short. Why are we going to do this? And then yeah. obviously that happens. And you're like, all right, great. Like this is the kind of um, maybe it wasn't super um, aggressive, but it was more aggressive than they had been, I think. And, and it just was nice to hand out because they were able to execute and get the play. And obviously I'm not sure that play was definitely designed to score a touchdown or not, but um, it did. And it was, 
Uh, Everybody's trying to score a touchdown. Not joking. And <laughs> yeah, and this is proof of it right here, right? So this is was this the, the Shakir play? Shakir. Um, Someone's talking about Shakir right here before you get to it, but Shakir was great. Three catches for 115 yards and a touchdown. Absolutely. How about the arrogance to put that ball there and to just lay it in there for Shakir? Shakir actually had to stop and come back to it too, which was kind of odd, but um, it worked out. And that was the coolest thing to see. This is the kind of stuff that hasn't been happening for the Bills. No, so to hasn't. see it happening now, it, it's a little bit nicer because you, oh man, that's just such it's a ball. Have you seen the the angle I put? I tweeted it. The angle from Allen's point of view. No, it is going. You can go, guys, go on my Twitter, PD, uh, Peter uh, DiBiase, Peter on Twitter. Just type in my name, Peter DiBiase. I tweeted it, and it's. I'll send it to you later. It's 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 one of these throws that are just like. It is gross. Like it is ridiculous. Like that from the Allen angle. I'll I'll DM it to you on Twitter right now. But as we're talking, but it was it was one of those throws where you're like, this is Josh Allen. Look, yeah. was it a dangerous throw? Yeah, I would say it was a quote a little bit of a a danger throw. But it it was one of those throws that was just like out of its world. Why Josh Allen's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL? Like I just DM'd it to you on Twitter. So I think it takes, you know, like I said, it takes uh, arm arrogance to really make that yeah. play. Robbie's coming in the as you look at that video. Robbie's coming to the comment section, Lance. Let's talk about this. I think this is a great question. He's asking about how do we feel about Gabe Davis, right? So obviously you had Don Kincaid with six catches for forty six yards. Don Kincaid's been just progressing, 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 getting really, getting much better, turning into that elite receiver, and then you have. Cool Shakir with three catches, 115 yards. Diggs, obviously, very quiet, four catches for 27 yards, but he's not going anywhere. So you have Diggs, yeah. you have Kincaid, you have uh, Shakir, you have Cook out of the backfield. So where does this lead Gabe Davis, who was not targeted a single time on Sunday, in which an offense scored 32 points? Yeah, look, I think he's going to be part of this yeah. team um, this year. And, you That's know, it. depending on his ask for yeah. – for a contract after the season, you could be looking at the Bills moving on. It's a stacked wide receiver class in this upcoming draft, so you know that the Bills are going to get their hands on one out of their ten picks. They better pick a wide receiver. Romeo so, um, from Washington. Yeah, he's pretty good. Dude's a stud. I watch Michael State. Phoenix every chance I get. So by virtue of watching yeah. uh, the Washington uh, football team, you you can't help but miss. Uh, you can't miss. Uh, Adunze. So Obviously, uh, let's, Marvin let's take a look real quick at this uh, from Allen's angle, like you mentioned here. How ridiculous is this? Yeah, just a great throw. That's and insane. That, That's that against Sauce Garner, who's one of the best corners, one of the best young corners, one of the best corners in the National Football League. And to have that confidence to throw it to Absolutely. Shakir, and then obviously Shakir did the rest with a lot of – I loved seeing uh, – I don't think we've seen this a lot this year – uh, yards after catch, like we don't, we haven't seen that a lot this year. We no, saw it from Ty Johnson, we saw it from Kikade, and we also saw it from Shakir. I love and that's that. probably speaking to the play design too. And this, when we talked about yeah. spacing of receivers and different things, everyone, even if someone was open, there was another guy near him, so that brings another defender into the mix. Here, the guys were spaced out. The defenders that were covering the other guys weren't near the ball carrier or the receiver at that point. Yeah. And it gave them more room to operate. And we saw that on multiple different plays, um, much of, you know, many of which we just watched here. But also, if you go back and watch the rest of the film, too, there's opportunities still 
that they left out there, which is fine. They're not going to hit every play, but they need to, you know, the ability to hit some of these big plays um, really is the difference because now you're talking about um, the difference between the offense kind of sputtering that fourth down where they score a touchdown, that big 80 yard play, you know, if that drive, if they don't make that play and that drive sputters out, then the game's a little bit different uh, potentially as well. So these are the plays that we've been kind of hoping for and looking for all season and just haven't really been able to get them. And now um, with a little more life in the team kind of, by virtue of like, hey, man, you don't perform here. Um, you're really looking at a, at a tough season. So uh, it was good to see, again, the players had energy. The stadium was filled with energy. Yeah. Um, but as far as Gabe Davis goes specifically, um, he, he's doing really well uh, in, in some blocking schemes and things like that. But as a receiver, he just hasn't um, necessarily shown up consistently. And I think that that's always been his knock. People just don't see him uh, game in and game out do the things they that they would want him to do. He was made a captain this year. Stefan Diggs said if he was if Diggs wasn't in Buffalo that Gabe could be a number one. And it's just like, well, maybe no. that's not the case because maybe you know he just he he just doesn't show up. And it's not or he's not tar. I don't know how many times he was targeted. I don't I didn't look at his targets uh, necessarily for this. So he didn't even get targeted. No. So no. you know. I don't know. It's it's tough. Um, and that's also without Trent Sherfield being active because he was injured. Was Trent Sher- Yeah, he was injured, right? No. No, he's not. He didn't get targeted either. <laughs> so he's basically yeah. inactive. Uh, no, I, Lance, I completely agree. And someone who said it, John talked about Joe Brady praising Gabe Davis uh, this week. I don't think Gabe Davis is going anywhere. Like it's not he's not going anywhere this season. But oh no, no. But to your point, he's not a focal point or a top priority of this offense. It's the digs, it's Kincaid, and then it's gonna be Shakir Davis. I don't think Shakir's an A plus to Davis being a C plus. Like I don't think Shakir's taking that step. But Shakir's mm-hmm. definitely been more involved. So I think it's definitely and if you want to throw Cook in there, you can, but I'm just talking about just pure pass catchers. I would say yeah. it's Diggs, Kincaid, and then there's a battle with Shakir Davis. I think that's a, probably a fair assumption. So and now the running backs are getting into the mix yes. here. Seven targets to the running backs on Sunday, four for Cook, three for Johnson. Obviously, both uh, got a touchdown out of them, out of you know one each. So I think yeah. it's a really cool um, idea from Joe Brady to call more of those. And maybe just um, whether – maybe Allen's just willing to listen more to Brady – um, because things haven't been working than he was with when Dorsey was there. I don't know, but that's my guess. And I think that when this offense has success, it's going to be all about trust. Trust the read, trust your arm, trust the player that you're going to throw the ball to for Josh Allen yeah. and, and just be able to see it and deliver it. And that's what he did. I think that throw to Shakir uh, has me, you know, super excited about what we could see moving forward because if he can continue to anticipate and make throws like that, um, then the bills are still in it. They're not, they're not going anywhere. I said this on Twitter the other day, um, you know, Buffalo's alive and well, and uh, it's not where we wanted to be, but you know, everything's in front of us. Um, obviously the number one seed is out of the question at this point, probably, but um, still plenty of chance to, to make the playoffs. And then, once you get in, anything can happen. And that's the biggest thing we've seen plenty of times before where teams just get hot at the end of the season. And once they're in, 
um, you know, they're hard to beat. And, you know, the Giants, I think, are the biggest example people point to. And this Bills team is better than those Giants teams were. I agree. And maybe that Eagles team that was 9-7 and seven, uh, that took down the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Right. It happens, right? We'll get to the defense in a bit. We have a question. I, have a, I posed a question uh, in a second. So we'll get to the defense in a bit. I'm going to go through some of the comments. People love talking about Gabe Davis. And she can. Man, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Alicia, Alicia's coming in a bunch with the Kincaid question. So I don't know if we already put this up or not. But Did we? No. Um, what are your thoughts on Kincaid? Huge, smart. Oh, look, we, you and I praised Kincaid when we drafted him. Yep. Uh, it was a little shocking on draft night, I would say. I think we, you and I both had the same reaction. I don't know if we texted each other, but we definitely had a similar reaction like yeah. mentally or physically. Like, oh, well, didn't see that coming. Like we, we, you and I, when we did our draft content last year, we talked about tight ends. Yeah. Kincaid, the Michael Mayers of the world, Luke Shoemaker, uh, Sam Laporta was having a good year in Detroit. We talked about tight ends. Yeah. I was we all also, over Mayer and maybe yeah. Laporta. I was not on Kincaid at no. all. And then they, but we also – we talked about the potential first round, but we that was definitely down our list in – guys we could draft in the first round. That was probably right. in the five to seven range of where, not round, but like positions that we were going to draft in the first round. So we didn't focus on that. We also came to the, or I came to the conclusion that maybe we take a tight end, like the Darnell Washington's of the world, or the like Luke Scootmaker of the third round, something like that, more Luke Musgrave, somebody more like that, if we were going to go that tight end route. Kincaid is more than just a tight end. I'm, when I say this, he's not Travis Kelsey. There's only one Travis Kelsey, but his play style is Travis Kelsey. Yeah. He's closer to Travis Kelsey. He's just, I think he's been a solid blocker. I don't know what PFF graded him this week, uh, blocking wise. I'm gonna, I got it up right here. Um, he is oh, run block, uh, 71. That's a good yeah. run block grade. He obviously, no pass, no pass, obviously, block he's grade. not very good at pass blocking. They didn't give him a single grade. So, because he has a pass block, Quentin Morris yeah, gets a he's pass going block. off rounds, huh? Quentin Morris yeah. got a 67 pass block. That's what Quentin Morris does. Uh, and a run block of 55, which is yeah, pass block. 67. Yeah, super interesting to see a little more David Edwards out there, um, kind of in some heavy sets pass blocking. He gets an 80.2, really cool for me. Like I said, they're just trying, um, and or they're just using, not trying, they're using, um, some different formations, some different. Uh, types when I think maybe say, okay, we're going to let James Cook stay in there. Yeah. And where they were putting Latavius Murray in for pass block, you know, maybe they're like, well, we're going to leave Cook in there and just put Edwards in there now as kind of like a second tight end, but it's just, you know, six man, more max protect type look because they, they don't, they want to keep, uh, they made an effort to keep Josh Allen a little bit cleaner and it worked. Um, so, yeah, but the Kincaid talk, Wait, if you mind, you want to bring that question back up? Because I think it's a good question. I think kk has been great. Like, he's trending in the right direction. I have him in fantasy in two of my leagues. Uh, I traded him in earlier in the year, Jacoby Myers for Dalton Kincaid. Didn't look great at the time, but it turned out to be really good because mm-hmm. I did the tight end. I think, look, six catches for 46 yards, targeted seven times. I think we've come to terms that he likes to – he's a great pass catcher. He catches basically anything that comes his way. Obviously, seven targets, six catches, that's basically perfect. He's dynamic with the ball. Look, this offense is – Dalton Kincaid is the second vocal point in this offense, right? They're, obviously, Diggs is still number one. Diggs was targeted eight times, but he also was going to get Sauce Gardner. So, tough matchup. We didn't fully need him. But I thought Kincaid was great. He's trending in the right direction. I think he, just to say he's trending in the right direction might be doing him a disservice. 
he's turning into a tier one tight end level. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like he's he is, gonna be. He's on pace to break some rookie records, some tight end records, some Bills records. Like if he keeps going to this into next year, he's gonna be top seven, eight tight end in National Football League. He's gonna be around maybe I think five. Be top. I think he's gonna be top three. Um, come next year, you think he'll be top uh, three be, tight end? I think he's going to start being, you know, by the end of this year, you know, finishing up with the, on this trajectory, and then going into next year, um, if he has, you know, similar or more success than what he's had this year so far, you know, you could be talking about him towards the top end of the tight ends that are in the NFL. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think he's been great. Great uh, question. Was that Alicia? Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's get to we'll do one more offensive question, Lance, and then we'll talk about the defense. Sure. Uh, obviously, we focused a lot on offense, but rightfully so. I thought the offense was great. You know, the defense was great, different circumstances. Excuse me, but who saved the offense? Funny question. I thought this was a cool when I was coming up with our show stuff, and I texted you. I was like, ah, I think this is a funny question because yeah. obviously – Save the offense is tough. Like if they if they lay an egg on Sunday, then well, yeah. offense was never saved. It was just put a float for a little bit, and then someone sunk it. But at the time being, for Sunday, who saved the offense? Yeah, I like to say and point to the running backs, like we talked about, because the running backs you being used in the passing game just kind of opened everything up a little bit. The receivers, um, you know, were able to get more downfield. You saw that with the Shakir play and i think you know as as the backs were getting the ball in the flat and different things and then getting the yards uh after the catch really helped this offense out i think that the running game was okay it wasn't stellar but it was okay and then josh allen had a 2.81 average time to throw on all dropbacks um he has had his best games his highest rated games when his time, average time to throw is somewhere between 2.7 and 3 seconds. Um, you usually don't like him to hold the ball longer than too long because obviously that lends itself to more uh, pressure and things like that. But he's just, again, in the Miami game, he had a 3-second average time to throw, and that was obviously his best performance of the season against Miami. So definitely, um, you know, like that he was getting – getting the time to throw, you know, he was getting the, without being hurried too much. You mentioned he had it more of a clean pocket yeah. in this game. It seemed like, and he was able to take it and run where he needed to. But ultimately I think the running backs out of the backfield, catching the ball and having the success they had um, definitely gives us offense, another dynamic and, and makes it even that much harder to stop. Yeah. So you, so you went with the running backs who kind of saved offense. I would say Josh Allen, right? Cause I think, well, Everyone wants to say Joe Brady. Right? The Bills recently promoted him to be the offensive coordinator. And then obviously he puts up 32 points against one of the best defenses in the league. And credit to him, I thought he was great. I thought he did a great job. I thought he was consistent. But it wasn't just him. I think Josh Allen's the only person that can save this offense. And for the time being, he did. Everything relies on around him or revolves around him. I thought he was fluid with the ball. I thought he was... Uh, confident. I thought he was not careless. I thought he was protective of the ball. Didn't force. Didn't, there wasn't a lot of passes where I was like, "Ooh, that was a little dangerous." Like I didn't see that for him, and I, I like that. Three touchdowns. He 
He found his checkdowns. He found his tight end. He got his playmakers involved. I thought Josh Allen as a whole saved the offense. And look, it was Joe Brady. Maybe he's a little more confident than Joe Brady. And I thought Joe Brady called a pretty good game. Like, I thought Joe Brady as a whole was very confident. There was a lot. Lance, would you agree there was a lot more pre-snap motion, motion to the offense, a little more play design? Like We talked about that Cook touchdown. Something that we haven't really seen from Ken Dorsey, the led offense. I thought it was just a more fluid type of game. I think he ran the ball more, a lot more times, 38 times to be exact. Uh, two of them were kneel, kneel downs by Kyle Allen. So I guess 36 times we ran the ball. Uh, I like the end around we ran. Didn't work, but we tried it. I love how we can't yeah. do it. But we tried the, it. Um... Overall, he played he was a much more fluid game from Joe Brady, but I would still say Allen. Those swing passes were kind of weird too. Like you mentioned, you know, they had the end around Hardy, maybe could have cut it up a little bit sooner, but he stretched it all the way out to the um, outside and then still got bottled up. I just would like to see guys, you know, cut it up as soon as they could. And there was a guy there, no doubt um, he was going to take a hit, but he ended up getting strung out in the same amount. He would have got maybe a little bit more um, and maybe a yard. Uh, if he cut it up just slightly sooner. And then to start the game, they had a couple of swing passes called. And the first one, Josh aborted because it just wasn't there. The defensive end kind of came up the field and blocked the passing lane. So I think he just kind of took off and ran. And then the the second one, uh, he throws it out in front of Diggs, and Diggs can't make the catch. So they're definitely trying. And like I said, they're they're definitely trying some, some different things. But I think um, you did see a little bit uh, – a miscommunication still there. Diggs had four, four catches on eight targets, not the best uh, game for him. And the Bills still able to, to win uh, despite that. So um, yeah, I think Josh Allen's the easy answer. When we talk about anything with this team and, and who's like the MVP and all this stuff, like Josh Allen's the answer for that. It's always going to be Josh Allen and, and it's all going to rely moving forward on how successful he's able to be. Now he needs help to be successful. I mean, he needs the guys to catch the ball he needs the the running backs, like I mentioned, had a, had a lot of success not only in the passing game, but Cook with 73 yards on the ground, yeah. um, added by 35 by um, Tavius Murray, and then Chai Johnson even got a couple carries, three carries for 11 yards. So all 3.5 yards or more per carry. Josh Allen ran the ball three times, um, you know, and, and 15 yards there. But overall, I think um, – the the offense is always going to obviously run through Josh Allen and um and and we'll uh and we're gonna live and die through his success. Um Jeff coming in. What's up, Jeff? This uh really cool guy uh from Arizona actually. I met him in LA last year uh when I went to the opening game against the Rams. So appreciate you tuning in, Jeff. Um the Jets have have just limited um teams in in every, almost every game. I mean, yeah. Dak Prescott had a game against him, um, and it's just been the Jets' off, offense uh, ineptitude that that really um, prevented them from winning games, I think. So the defense and, has, has really caused fits for people. It's just they haven't scored any points to try to beat anybody. And, and Lance, I think eventually this week you kind of saw the Jets' defense. It was not, a give up is a tough term to use with football players. Because one of those weeks where they're just like, our offense can't do anything. Like, how many times are we going to be on the field? And the Jets' defense is consistently, like, week in and week out against elite quarterbacks. And they've been good this year. Look, I don't think the Jets' defense has been an all-time great defense this year. But they're a really good defense. They have really good players. DJ Reed, Sauce Gardner, Gardner, Quinn and Williams. 
Jets defense is really good. They've limited some big-time quarterbacks. We saw that week one against Josh Allen. Uh, they were great against Hurts. They were great against Mahomes. I, look, their offense is so bad, so eventually this week it kind of caught up to them. Mm-hmm. I think this week, look, we should, we're all Jets fans this week. They're playing Miami on Friday. We're all Jets fans this week. I know the Jets would have five wins, but right. they're starting Tim Boyle. Like, we're all Jets fans this week, so go Jets on uh, uh, Black Friday at 3 o'clock on Amazon Prime. But the Jets defense eventually is just – give up's a tough term, but when you have to be on the field consistently and see on the other side, our offense is doing nothing. We we gave up three field goals, nine nothing, and the game's over. Right? Like, it's one of those type of things, and then you saw their breakdown in the second half. They, look, they haven't been as good, I would say, as advertised um, mm-hmm. recently. But I would also – Allude that to more of just the offense on the other side. Just like imagine you're on defense and your offense does nothing. And you know, we have to hold them to 14 points to win the game, to have a chance to win the game. Like that's tough. There's no room for error. And eventually that catches up to you. And I think it caught up to them this week. Uh, Lance, before we get to the Eagles game, let's talk about the defense. And I didn't add a question mark to this, but I will in a second is the defense trending in the right direction. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously that was a, a big um, performance from a lot of, a lot of different guys. Uh, and they was mentioned earlier, Leonard Floyd, uh, two and a half sacks. I mean, he's been doing it all year. That, that acquisition to get Leonard Floyd was absolutely amazing. Let's get a, a contract. Very, very big. Going. Let's get a yeah. contract extension going. Lance. Very, very big acquisition there. Um, Razul Douglas, man. <sighs> Good acquisition there. Um, he he showed at least, um, and I get it. It's Zach Wilson throwing the ball or Tim Boyle, but just his eyes when you watch the film and play recognition that he has now, understanding what the defense is trying to do and where people are going to be. I think he's really going to help this defense moving forward this season. Yeah. Um, with with that, um, the defensive line did well. They got pressure at Oliver. Was there more often than not. Um, a lot, you know, it was Rousseau, Epinesa, Floyd, all those guys were there. Uh, Phillips had a solid game, I think. Um, so they, they definitely, um, held up in the run as far as the defensive line goes. That was a really good thing to see. And, um, you know, that's again, the Jets quarterback situation and offensive line situation is, is subpar. So we have to keep that in mind. I totally understand that, but it still doesn't change the fact that just because people should dominate certain situations doesn't mean they always do. And the bills were able to dominate the situations they should have. And, um, you know, being, uh, being a Syracuse orange basketball fan, sometimes that you think that team, you know, (laughs) they should dominate teams and they just historically don't, um, or haven't. And, And so that I'm always grateful when, even though you say, Oh, well, the bills should dominate, because the Jets' offense line stinks, or the Jets' quarterback, yeah, well, okay, but they did, and you know they should have, and they did. We'll have to do that's, it. That's uh, that's what the biggest thing I can um, hang my hat on is like, look, whether they should have or not, they went out there and they did it. Um, they played who was in front of them, and they and they took care of business, and that's that's the thing. Because look, it was would have been easy for them to to say, oh man, we got injuries, and we did see, you know after um rap and teron johnson got hurt on the same play um they gave up a touchdown there but i think that um outside of that drive um it was was very 
sorry, but that also resulted because they got a fake punt. Like that doesn't happen if they don't convert a fake punt. Yeah. So yeah, another special teams thing. So yeah, well, I, I don't know. I'm not going to go out on the and talk about you know Smiley and and you know his coaching status or anything. I think that um, it's worth looking at after the season. But um, you know, we really got to. Hopefully, the thing is here. We we hopefully can come out um, of the Eagles game at least either whether we win or not, at least with a good performance, and then you go into your bye week, and then really hopefully they can really look inside themselves and really get a good uh, caliber of where they are in this year and where they can go because they have the horses. They still have the horses there, and and I think this team can be as good as any other team in the league. They have just as good of a chance if they get to the playoffs as any other team, in my opinion. The Ravens, and the, and the Chiefs obviously have have been the standard in the AFC this this uh, season so far, um, but you know they're getting nicked up too. And, and the you see uh, the Chiefs needing help at wide receiver. Um, yeah. they're, they're inconsistent there. I'm calling you Lance. Um, and, and then the Ravens lose Mark Andrews, um, and Lamar Jackson is banged up as well um, with as much as he's run. So the Bills really have an opportunity here with how everything's played out to kind of catch fire and go on a little bit of a run. It's going to be a tough ask, obviously, this week. But um, I really like what I saw out of the defense yeah. again against a subpar opponent. Um, but, you know, with a, with an offensive line and a quarterback that just, you know, aren't as competitive maybe as others that we're going to see. And we're going to see them as soon as this week. So we'll, we'll really get a good um, kind of litmus test here. We'll see how – quickly some guys can come back because look we did lose uh three or four more guys on on sunday yeah. so you have um taylor rap some really good news that he's uh you know going to be okay from any type of serious injury um mcdermott said he could possibly play this week so that's it's good great. news you have uh two guys in the concussion protocol with dane jackson and teron johnson so we're not gonna we're not gonna really know uh for it's a few days sunday. what's gonna happen with those guys um and then who am i missing there uh micah hyde who's just got the the stinger and i think it wasn't any sort of re-aggravation it's just kind of a continuation of hey he's gonna kind of have these things yeah. and be day to day but over overall you know i think he you know should slate be slated to go out there and play so um really encouraging really encouraging night for the defense i think you you have to be happy again with them taking care of the business that they should have taken care of yeah, and I, look, we can talk about all we want on our show and other people's shows throughout Bill Buffalo and wherever you listen to Bill stuff, but you can talk about an opponent that we should dominate defensively or offensively. They still have to do it, right? Like You still have to go out there like you were alluding to and play football. End of the day, you have to go play the game. They did. I think Rasul Douglas, and we knew he was a ball hawk coming from Green Bay, has been and with the injury to Dane Jackson, so it, it's you can swallow this. It's a a little less of a pill to swallow with Dane Jackson injury. And we need we want him obviously to be back on the field, but when you have Rasul Douglas, when you have Christian Benford, those two guys, both top three in PFF grades on our defense. Rasul Douglas, a ninety six overall grade, which is a crazy, 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 crazy defensive grade to have. Eighty nine run defense. 95.3 coverage grade. Lance, 
I don't remember the last time we've seen anything like that from a Bills player. Like that, when we, all the for the about past year, you and I've been doing this or looking at PFF grades. That was crazy. Benford finished with an 87 grade overall and 87.1 overall pass coverage. Christian Benford, I'm gonna shout out this guy. Look, credit to Russell Douglas, an absolute ball hawk. Two interceptions, just finds a way to the ball. And when we need to make a play, he makes a play. Exactly what you want from him. How about Christian Benford, the six-round pick from the University of Villanova, which is a basketball school, not a football school. They play in the FCS. The dude is an absolute baller. Christian Benford is an absolute baller. I am. I can't praise him enough. His second year, he locks down anybody. He goes after the ball. He is physical. He does exactly what Sean McDermott wants him to do in the zone scheme. I know everyone's talking about Rasul Douglas, Tyrell Dodson, Ed Oliver, Leonard Floyd, Christian uh, Ty- Terrell, uh, Terrell Bernard, everybody. Rightfully so. Christian Benford's an absolute stud. So, but shout out to the defense. Leonard Floyd was great. Ed Oliver's just outplaying that contract. Like just week in and week out outplaying that contract. AJ Empinence has been great. Uh, Terrell Bernard's a stud. Like we have an absolute dog at linebacker right now. Uh, and I th- and look, somehow PFF, I think Tyrell Dodson might run PFF. I thought Tyrell Dodson was great on Sunday, but you and I have talked about, like, he hasn't been great this year. PFF loves this guy. I'm pretty sure he runs PFF. I'm going to put that out there, even though I think he was really good <laughs> on uh, Sunday. And I thought Dorian Williams was good. They gave Dorian Williams an 85. Like, that is coming down into this stretch, Lance, of the teams we have to play. To get back into the playoffs to try to win this division, those linebackers are so important, so important. Yeah. If we can get that type of play from those linebackers, and I get it, it's the Jets, and I get it, and I understand that. And look, if they do it again on Sunday against the Eagles, we're seven and five going to the bye week. And you and I are talking on Tuesday, obviously about a good game, but we have a little bit of a different feel for That's this team right. than we yeah. did two weeks ago, where we this team was just done. And now, what do you think about Darius Leonard, Darius Shaquille Leonard being, do you think the Bills take a look at him at all? Well, the thing is, Lance, right? Like, if you pick him, you you can't pick him up on waivers. No, no, I'm saying he'll go to free agency is being predicted, projected because of his His contracts. I don't think they do it. I think that he goes to free agency and gets a reworked, obviously, new contract that's much less. I can see a guy like Sean McDermott thinking, oh, uh, I can unlock this guy or I can get him back to form in my scheme because, you know, he was once a good player and he still can be a good player. It's just that he needs some further direct or he needs a new direction or, or, you know, a new scheme to play in. Um, I could totally see the bills pulling off a move or okay. making the move okay. to sign him. Um, what would but you, yeah, I, what percentage would you give us? 17 and a half percent. I would say more like eight to 10, but they like the linebackers, Lance. Like, they didn't do it in the offseason. Dorian Williams has been good. Like you said, one of his best hits was on Razul Douglas when yeah. he made that interception, honestly. But uh, I thought Razul yeah, Douglas was injured for a second, yeah. and then somehow he ran, sprinted up and down the field. I was like, okay. Yeah, that was, a, that was a tough moment there when he picked it off, and then he stayed down. I'm like, oh, my God, can he? Because it's just our defensive backs have been just, just getting get crushed. I mean, I, it's part um, – you know, I was saying in the chat, you know, maybe partly um, – the, the tackling form that they use just lends itself to injury or what? I don't know, but they're, they're playing fast. 
they're playing hard. So, I mean, I think that's really, um, you know, one of the things that, that I look for is that, um, you know, you could tell these guys are playing hard and and they're playing, you know, it's, it's just tough because Milano's injury was caused when he launched himself into a pile and then his leg got rolled up on. Um, and some of these other guys that are getting injured with concussions or whatnot is because they're just playing so fast and the efforts there, but they're just kind of launching themselves into different, uh, situations that are putting them, uh, in, in spots where they're vulnerable to get injured, obviously. So, yeah. And obviously it's, just unfortunate how many times a defensive player is going to get injured. It's just, this happens. It's part of the game. Um, John's talking about 15 million for the season for Leonard. Yeah. Like nobody picking up that money. No, he's going to be a free agent and then come and get a new contract. Yeah. Like he, nobody's going to pick. That's why I said, John, nobody's going to use him on waivers uh, because it's November 21st and nobody wants $15 million added to their cap because that is ridiculous. So no one's going to do that. Uh, so he's going to go through the waiver process and then he'll go to uh, then he'll go to sorry, watch, he'll, he'll go to free agency and then obviously it's a, a bit more. So we'll see that. But Lance, anything else before we get to the last about 10, 15 minutes of the show talking about the Bills matchup with the Eagles on Sunday? Anything else you want to talk about? No, I think, uh, you know, just. Um... Good overall team win. I think, yeah. you know, we saw um, obviously from all three phases making big plays and getting some turnovers. That's huge. Defense getting turnovers, offense actually is putting the ball in the end zone um, is, is just that's the recipe. And we just didn't have the turnovers and we didn't have the ball getting to the end zone um, as much as we needed uh, to make to make the um to make the difference in some of these games. And you just, it's such a shame because, you know, you'd think of the jets and the Patriots losses and it's if those brutal. two games go the other way, we're just having a total different conversation this whole year. And it's just, it's, it's brutal. Um, those games are, were, were lost, but I think, you know, being that we did lose those games, that's why I think just get in the playoffs. And I think this team can, can be just as dangerous as any other uh, moving forward. I 100% agree. Like, you could be 8-3, you could be 9-2. Like, it's just one of those type of things where it's just some of the games that I think the last couple-year teams win those games, and this year's team did it. And look, everything's right in front of them. Is it a hard schedule? Yeah, but everything's right in front of them. Okay. Let's – oh, guys, if you're watching on Facebook, like, comment, share. If you're watching on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. If you're on Twitter, like and retweet. And make sure you guys follow everything built in Buffalo. And if you did miss any of this episode or show, you can always rewind, watch this, or wherever you're watching. But if you prefer to listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcast, Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, that will come out tomorrow morning. You can listen to us audio so you don't have to see our ugly face. Not joking. We're handsome men. Uh, but if you guys do prefer the audio version, you guys can always listen to this. If you're just tuning in, we still got 10 more minutes, and we got an Eagles game to talk about. The Philadelphia Eagles against the Buffalo Bills, Sunday, November 26th. That's a 425 kickoff on CBS. Obviously, the game is in Philly. Uh, the Eagles, I'm assuming a lot of people tuned in last night, they took on the Kansas City Chiefs, and they defeated the Kansas City Chiefs in a game that the Eagles looked lost in the first half. And then the Chiefs looked lost in the second half. It was a game of who looked lost less, and it ended up being the Eagles. 
Uh, both teams weren't overly dominant, but both teams are still very good. The Eagles are 9-1. I get it. They haven't looked like an A-plus team. They don't look like a 9-1 team, a 9-win nine, a nine team or a 9-1 team on paper or when you watch them with your eyes at the eye test as a pop to, but they are a good team. Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts. It's going to be one of those dogfight of a games because their offense hasn't blown a lot of people out. You're going to have, and their defense has been very up and down. So Lance, what are we looking for with this Eagles game? Yeah, the Eagles can be very explosive. Obviously we know they have yeah. the Devontae Smith and AJ Brown there in the receiving core. So um, Hertz is um, obviously driving that train. Um, his ability to be effective in the run game as well as his passing game um, make that team as dangerous as any. And I think that's the same kind of attack that the bills have shown previously and were lacking this season. So as good as it can be, you know, did the, did the Eagles peak um, are, are, have they started so fast that they may regress a little bit? Um, I don't know. I think that it's going to be interesting to see if this becomes a little bit of a trap game for them because they just had to get up for the defending Super Bowl champions, the Super Bowl rematch. Yeah. And is there going to be a hangover? Are they going to be able to get the same enough emotion and the same emotion to then get back up and try to play um, a feisty Bills team? And I just don't know if that's going to happen. Um, so I think that um, that's that's a really good question. I think the, the matchup I'm most looking forward to is going to be the secondary um, and, and how we're able to to stop or neutralize that passing game. 100%. And I think it's one of those type of games where it could be a letdown game for the Eagles. 9-1, obviously everything's gone more or less right for them outside of the Jets game, which they decided to hand the Jets that, that game on a silver platter uh, with the turnovers and the credit to the Jets defense in that game. But look, you're on the road. It's a big-time game. We like big-time games. You're going to have to come out and score. I don't think you're going to have to score 35 points because I do think the Eagles offense has been very up and down this year. I know people are talking about Jalen Hurts for MVP. If you go look at his stats outside of the tush push, uh, they're very up and down stats. I do think this is the type of game where you don't have to be crazy explosive of offense, but you're going to have to score consistently. And if yeah. look, if they score 30 points again, they're going to win the game. I do think this Eagles team is very vul- not vulnerable, but very beatable. We saw Kansas City. Look, Mount, uh, skin makes that catch to Chiefs win. The Chiefs Absolutely. score a point in the second half. Out uh, a field goal or a touchdown, they win the game. Like they were obsolete on offense in that second half. I thought both teams looked very beatable. Doesn't mean you're gonna beat them. It's just it's there's not as like a week ago, Lance, before the Jets game, I was like, there's no shot. Like the season's kind of over. There's no shot. After Sunday, I'm like, and watching the Eagles and Chiefs play on Monday night, I feel like there's more of a chance. Doesn't mean I'm picking the Bills. I just think there's more of a chance. Right on. And we've got a little special guest here. New to built-in Buffalo, Kevin Massar joining here on uh, the Buffalo Blitz. Kevin, how you doing, brother? Good, man. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm glad to get a few minutes of your time. Great show, guys. Yeah, so uh, we're just talking about the Eagles game, and and you want to give us a little bit of – obviously, you're going to – if those of you don't know, Kevin and uh, Kevin Syracuse and Kevin Massar – Tomorrow night on Built in Buffalo are going to debut the Going Deep Buffalo podcast uh, coming out uh, new to the Built in Buffalo platform. So we're absolutely stoked to have you guys aboard 
uh, the, you know, the built in Buffalo family. And uh, what do you think a little bit, give us a, a little three minute or so rundown of what your thoughts are um, on this Eagles game and just any general um, thoughts you have for the bills this season. I think it's interesting because early on the analytics pointed to the Eagles being a regression candidate for 2023. You haven't seen it a ton. They're winning close games or winning games that they should be winning. However, there's definitely kind of the reverse anomalies you see with some of their data uh, throughout the Eagles. Like, like you would think that they might have the number one offense or number two offense or number two defense. Um, they don't, they sit with the 17th ranked analytic defense per DVOA. Um, it's not that great. Uh, they get after the passer super well. That is definitely something that they have to, you know, trading for Josh Sweat. They've made a few moves there. That's why they, you know, share, uh, shorted up with Kevin Byard, uh, et cetera. But they're really not a great cover team. They don't have any corners that, in my opinion, are very good. That was what was disappointing about Casey not being able to take advantage of that. Um, so I think that you're attacking those corners. That's their weakness, in my opinion. You saw Marquez Valdez-Scantling get wide open uh, in what should have been a potentially winning touchdown. There's still a bunch of time left in that game. So I think that there's – you look at their record, and they've definitely stolen some wins all around um, that they could easily have losses. Like you see the Bills lose on not being able to sub right. You see the Bills lose on a Mac Jones uh, touchdown drive that they haven't been able to do in 35 attempts by Mac Jones, but he was able to do it against Buffalo. You see a weird Jacksonville London game. Uh, you've seen a Dalton Kincaid fumble against Cincy. You've seen a bunch of Dawson Knox drops early on. So just some anomalies within the offensive data uh, that really do hurt the Buffalo Bills, but the Eagles haven't had to face that same type of fare. So I think that's what's interesting about this Philadelphia team is they're playing good football. They can they can beat anybody, but how likely are they to continue to go? Not it's not overly likely of the twenty fourth easiest schedule so far. Their uh, Pythagorean wins aren't good, so there's there's a lot that's showing that the Eagles will make the playoffs. Obviously, they'll probably go fairly far, but they are an upset candidate for me in the divisional round. <clears throat> yeah, I really like the. Um point about those that secondary so the question begs then do we think Gabe Davis or Khalil Shakir is able to expose I assume they're going to heavily shade towards Diggs, and so maybe it's a Kincaid Shakir Davis pick of the litter there and who do you think ends up making the most impact from the receiving core including Kincaid what was interesting about Joe Brady this week is he mentioned, and it, it was coach speak, but he doesn't seem like a coach speak Ken Dorsey kind of guy where he mentioned how well Gabe Davis had played um, and called him the MVP of the game. He, If you watch the film now of the game, you see him drag routes away from his tight end, away from his running back, James Cook. Um, so he was able to do a lot of things well in the game that you don't necessarily see. He's doing those little things that he doesn't necessarily always get highlighted for doing. Um, so what's great here is that you're going to get to see the best of Gabe Davis. And I think he's going to get rewarded. That's my opinion. I don't like their boundary corners. Um, I don't think that they're very good. And also like they're shorter than people want to talk about at the linebacker position, uh, you know, bringing in, you know, obviously Nicholas Morrow and they play Zach Cunningham a lot. Uh, they just re-put N'Kobe Dean on the IR. Uh, so th they're, they're a weak team across the linebacking front too. So I don't overly love that back seven still think obviously one of the best front fours in football and it'll continue to be that way not quite as good as what we saw last year but that N'Kobe Dean uh, injury is sneaky important 
And I just thought you saw him struggle a little bit yesterday. I didn't think Patrick Mahomes had his best day. Uh, Kevin Baird uh, got him in the uh, in the end zone yesterday. Uh, but ultimately, he didn't have receivers that win. I think these Bills receivers and tight ends win. You saw what uh, uh, Travis Kelsey was able to do late in that game uh, after not doing a ton in the first half. So I think that you're going to see some Dalton Kincaid. You're going to definitely see some Khalil Shakir and Gabe Davis time. And ultimately, this might be game two for an alpha receiver in Stephon Diggs. I don't think they have the Sauce Gardner, Whitehead, Reed combo to lock him down. So um, it might be time for the receiver one uh, to to win big. Uh, that's, that's These are the games that he's he's here to win. I yeah, agree. I well, but, we, we, we talked about this or a little bit. Like the Eagles defense is not as daunting as I think the national perspective gives it uh, credit for. I don't think they're like – obviously, they're not a bad defense. Nobody still would say that. You did say that, obviously. And up front, they're tough. Like I think you're going to have to – obviously, you're going to have to protect. They have some pass rushers that can get after the quarterback. But the secondary doesn't strike fear to me. Like if Kansas City had a legit wide receiver outside of Travis Kelsey, they would win that game. Like if they had a guy that could take the top off the defense or create separation or get open, they don't have that. And we obviously see the Chiefs struggle in the second half of games – on the last couple of weeks because they don't have that type of receiver outside of Travis Kelsey. I think, look, it's going to be one of those type of games where I think the Bills have a huge advantage on the outside, like you kind of alluded to. And I don't, I don't well, look, I don't hate the Eagles secondary, but their corners, Darius Slay's good, but I think he's been very up and down. And I don't think he's as good as he was last year or his name, I guess, kind of, kind exactly. of tells you. Like, it's just, he's good, but his name gives him that added boost when you're thinking of the Eagles secondary. It's still overall good defense, but I agree more of the middle of the pack defense that I think people want to suggest. And look, you're going to have to stop Jalen Hurts. I think he's been very up and down. Devontae Smith's been up and down. A.J. Brown was silent uh, most of Monday night or all of Monday night. Look, this it's a winnable game. I'm not saying we're going to win or I'm not p- picking us to win because I picked the Jets to win last week and it, it worked. So a little reverse jinx action that I'm going to try to continue to keep doing because if it keeps working, I'll take I'll take the L on my record. That's all good if we keep winning. But it's one of those games where you have a legit sh- shot. And it's not like a week ago where we thought that nah, we have no shot. This is a type of game where I do think the Eagles are very beatable. doesn't mean it's going to happen, but I do think they're beatable. Funny, we got comments here about um, obviously someone's very fired up. Uh, the Eagles, the Eagles just got rushed on for over a hundred yards between Pacheco and Patrick Mahomes last night. So I think James Cook and Josh Allen, along with the sprinkles in of Ty Johnson and Latavius Murray, um, bode well for the Bills' offense to be able to run the ball. Honestly, and that's one of the things. Um, obviously, the defense defensive line is going to play a big part in um, whether or not the Bills offensive line can neutralize that because the run blocking just hasn't been as stellar as it could have been for the Bills. So it's going to need to, you know, they're going to need to be disciplined. Connor McGovern's going to have to figure out how to run block at some point in his career. I don't know what he's doing out there, but it's not very good. And I think that hopefully this week he can kind of execute some more of the run blocking schemes we're trying to do, because um, if, if we're able to run the ball at all against Philadelphia, then I think that again, the usage of the running backs, against the Jets was a big part of the offensive success, both rushing and receiving. And if we can do that again this week, I think it just gives this offense a totally new dynamic that we just haven't seen in re- in the last six, eight weeks previous to now. No, 100%. Sean in the comment section is not happy with us, but it's all good, Sean. B- Appreciate Buffalo, you being here. Buffalo can't stop the run. Brees Hall did rush for 
uh, a whopping 23 yards oh, on. Also, that's that's not a correct statement. Uh, they're yeah, six DVOA against the run outside of a few big runs that maybe people are referring to. I think 94% of the runs have gone for under three yards. So that's just a false narrative. Like there's yeah. nothing true about the Bills yeah. not being able to stop the run. Uh, they've done an extraordinary job against the run. Josh Jacobs, uh, they've done really, really well all season. Yeah, Brees Hall. Um, outside of one Brees Hall run in game exactly. one um, yeah. for... His there were two 30s. Yeah. 30, there were two 30. runs. It was like a 23 some yarder, 20 something yarder, and then an 83 yarder. And, and those two runs accounted for most of the, the give up there against in week one against the jets. Yeah. Just false like that. They can't stop the run. So that's not accurate. Sometimes it might feel like that. They've done a really good job though, against the run. They did really good against Rashad white. Um, like, it, and he's been he good did, lately. Rashad white's yeah. been really good lately. Last and he's got out of the backfield, so that might skew some perception. Um, but very good against the uh, the Bills were very good against the run uh, in, in that in that game too. They're great against Mixon. How could we forget? Everyone told me that Mixon was going to run wild, ran for like thirty four yards. Yeah. So I think I said it on the show too that I thought Mixon oh, did you? was going to be a big uh, a big player in that game, and he just wasn't. And I was pleasantly surprised, although I was very disappointed Mixon about the other spot. Thirty four yards and Chase went for like thirty eight. I would have yeah. said the Bills won by two scores. Yeah, that's awesome. how weird that game was. Yeah. So. What are you gonna do? Awesome. Okay, before we end the show, obviously, Kevin, we'll we'll keep you to the end of the show because you're doing a great job, and obviously, you have a huge show, first show uh, with Bill Buffalo tomorrow night. But we always end, Kevin, with our our score predictions. So obviously, we'll give our score predictions. Kevin, I'll start with you. Uh, what do you like in what, what's your score pick for Bills Eagles on Sunday? This one's tough because I had it preseason as a loss and I've had it a loss for the majority of the year, but I think they got the bills have gotten right in this game. And I think they need to steal one back um, one that they lost against not being able to sub right against Denver. Um, so I think that this team isn't going to go down without swinging. And I think that they're going to shock the world and go on a buy on a two game winning streak against a jets defense that they didn't think that they could fool and a uh, Eagles team. That's, you know, now the favorite in the NFC. Uh, I have the Bills winning 27-24. I think they're able to get it done. And I think to combat the loss against Denver, I think Tyler Bass kicks a game-winning field goal with time expiring. Um, that's that's what I've been feeling. I think that they have the makings to do it. The Eagles just won an emotional game, and they are absolutely due to a downfall loss um, as they prepare for the finals of their NFC schedule. So that's what I got. Um, and I think that this really catapults the Bills into a bye week and into a potential run to to at least secure a wild card lance what do we got very cool and i put in the uh built-in buffalo main chat um i think yesterday uh our guy matt holman was asking about what our predictions were uh i really wanted to see the game now that i've seen the game last night and what i'm thinking is definitely along the lines of what kevin said i think that i'm not going to pick against the bills um you can you can do your reverse jinx uh luck there but I, I think the Bills get over 30 in this game. Uh, I think they go 34, and the Eagles get 28. And I, I think the Bills come out of this thing with a win going into the bye week. And like Kevin said, it's going to shock the world. I think it's going to be uh, time for the Bills to, to get a little more of the luck on their side that they've been missing uh, in the last uh, 10 weeks here. 100%, 100%. Obviously, the Eagles have a, a pretty tough schedule coming up. I know people talk about the Bills' schedule coming up, but they obviously host Buffalo on Sunday. They host San Fran, and then they go to Dallas. And they also have a trip to Seattle, who, who's been up and down, but 
those three games outside of Seattle, it's a tough game. Obviously, that Dallas game is a massive game in Dallas. Dallas had a chance to beat them a handful of weeks uh, ago. Robbie's coming in the comment section saying 28-17 Bills. Look, does reverse jinx have anything to do with it? I don't know. I picked the Jets last week. The Bills won. So if this keeps working, I'm going to keep picking the other team. So let's see if I go 2-0. I'm going to go Eagles 24 Bills 21. I think it's going to be a close game, an up and down game. I think we lose on one of those tough field goals. Hey, look, if we win, it's because of me. Not anything that happened on the field. It's exactly because of me. Now, look, I'm doing the I'm doing the reverse jinx, Lance. If we keep winning, it's it's on me. But no, I got Eagles 24, uh, Bills 21. But I do think it's gonna be. I haven't looked at the line yet. I don't know what it is. Maybe one of you guys know it off the top of your head. Bills minus three, at least on one site that I saw. Bills minus three uh, or Eagles minus three? I'm sorry. Eagles minus three. Yeah. Okay. okay. So it's probably something. I look at ESPN bet for a second, but I think it's something around. That sounds about right. Let's see. Three or got. three and a half, depending on what site you're on. ESPN bet has it as three and a half right now. Yep. So I don't know. You get three points for being a home team. So it's not as lopsided as maybe some people minds. Yeah, think. I think they absolutely cover the spread either way. That's a. That's one something I think if so we give three and a half three. points, they're either going to lose by three or less, or they're going to win. Yeah. Okay. Kevin, I appreciate you stopping by. Uh, plug everything social media for you. Yeah, what yeah. time your show is? All that fun stuff, and then we'll let you go. We have the new Wednesday show, seven o'clock. So Wednesday tomorrow, going deep Buffalo with me and my host Kevin Syracuse. So you can catch me as always in all my takes as usual at Kevin Misery down there below. Um, but I'm looking forward to being on here, being Wednesdays and and watching this thing grow. I'm excited for all of my listeners and followers to come and check out all the great content that we have across the network in general. So uh, it's going to be a great opportunity, and I appreciate you guys having me on here for 15 minutes. But uh, didn't mean to hijack your show, but no. Um, Love it. Looking forward to Wednesday tomorrow at seven. Awesome, guys. Make sure you guys all tune in that into that. So, Kevin, we're gonna let you go and we're gonna end our show, but we appreciate it, man. Hopefully, you have a good first show tomorrow night. Thanks, Peter. Appreciate your time. See you guys. Have a good one. So that was uh the new show, uh Kevin, with the, the two Kevins uh tomorrow night that is starting at seven Eastern on the Bill and Buffalo uh network. Uh Lance, Dave, everyone that obviously orchestrated that great job to everyone uh let's before we get out of here we're going a little over our time no worries who are we sponsored by yeah uh i'm gonna say we're sponsored by underdog fantasy the best daily fantasy uh app out there go out and sign up with promo code blitz now get your first deposit matched up to 100 bucks but also i want to shout out to our other partners too We've got game day hospitality i mentioned we got Buffalo logo. Um, we're in the polo here. Check out Buffalo logo. They got great merch. We got a merch shop through Buffalo logo built in Buffalo store.com um, fulfilled by Buffalo logo. We're going to run a sweet um, black Friday deal this, this coming week here. So keep an eyes out on all the built in Buffalo channels for that. Um, and just thanks out there to everyone uh, who supports us and, and all that um, Picasso's pizza uh, West her PLB SE. And everyone. everyone out there, we got a lot of exciting stuff uh, coming up here, and we just thank you all for being a part of this thing. Yeah, and guys, if you guys missed this episode, if you're on Facebook, like, comment, share, follow Facebook. If you're on YouTube, 
like, comment, subscribe. If you're on Twitter, like and retweet. If you did miss this episode, just rewind it. You can watch us. And if you prefer the podcast version, this comes out tomorrow morning on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcast. Built on Buffalo Podcast Network. That is going to do it for this Tuesday night, November 21st edition of the Buffalo Blitz on the Built on Buffalo Network. We'll be back next Tuesday, 8 p.m., recapping the Bills-Eagles game and then getting you ready for the bye. But that basically means we're recapping the whole Bills-Eagles game. Uh, That is going to do it for us. He was Lance. I was Peter. And as always, go Bills. Go Bills, baby.